Uh, <laughs> it's a good day. Uh, so uh, we're all in this together. It's going to be good. It's going to be a little noisy. You might get to hold a baby. I hope somebody's got my baby. Um, might get to color with a neighbor. You can snag a goldfish. Um, it's good. A cracker. We don't have any live animals. Uh, this isn't that kind of nativity today. Um, yes, but this is kind of a special Christmas for us this year. It's our, uh, our son Amos' first, uh, first Christmas, uh, which is always kind of fun. They get to eat wrapping paper and um, be cute. It's kind of a, a good thing. Uh, it's also a special Christmas for us because this is the first year that we have had a nativity set uh, at our house. Uh, my parents moved this year, which meant we inherited um, a few things, like a piano and a snowblower and several items of high school memorabilia and a nativity set. Uh, this set in particular is really special to us because uh, it was a gift to my mom from our children's pastor. It was Nixon, my uh, children's pastor, Lori Rich. Um, so it's, it's got a lot of special meaning uh, to us. Um, there is one kind of funny thing about this nativity set. <clears throat> Joseph is a shepherd. <laughs> uh, when I set it up, I unwrapped it. I was like, wise men, cow goat, Mary, Jesus, shepherd, shepherd, empty box. Uh, and I thought maybe Joseph had gotten broken along the way. It's been kind of, you know, we've had it for many, many years. Uh, but sure enough, I looked at the box. We, my mother is um, incredibly organized and had the original box. And uh, there is a shepherd sitting next to Mary with his shepherd's staff and his lantern. Um, so our theology at our house is just a little bit, little bit off. <clears throat> but throughout Advent, we have been, uh, we've been in a series called Looking for the Light. Uh, and we've been exploring scenes throughout the Bible where God has kind of illuminated certain set pieces uh, along the way uh, throughout this story. Uh, and today, we are looking at uh, the shepherds and the way God illuminated uh, the shepherds on the night of Jesus' birth. And when you think about the way that Jesus, uh, or that God chose to share the news of Jesus' birth, uh, the characters in the scene are all uh, very significant, I think. Sometimes I think we can kind of uh, take for granted who's there. It's, we, we know who we're supposed to expect, uh, Mary, Joseph, hopefully, uh, Jesus, the wise men, shepherds. And the shepherds really are an interesting choice. Uh, Luke 2.8 says, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. They're living in fields, watching sheep, minding their own business. Uh, they were not terribly high society. They were not influential, uh, at least not with people. Perhaps with the sheep, they were influential, but uh, they were not influential humans. They weren't clean. They weren't wealthy. As far as we know, they really had no personal connection to Mary and Joseph. Uh, and for those of us who have ever entertained visitors immediately following giving birth, uh, this seems like kind of an odd choice. Uh, your first, the top of your guest list is probably not a bunch of stinky sheepmen uh, who you don't really know, uh, speaking personally. 
Uh, but the angels arriving kind of on that scene in mass uh, and announcing this great news to the shepherds can, can really seem odd. Uh, it can seem like the extravagance of a chorus of angels has been wasted on this kind of ragtag bunch of uh, stinky farmers. But heaven was pulling out all of the stops for this performance of the lifetime, and a bunch of sheep and their caretakers uh, were the only audience. And it seems a little backwards. If I were planning an announcement like this, kind of a, a pretty earth-shattering announcement, uh, and had access to a heavenly chorus and a light show that was amazing enough to terrify the shepherds, I probably uh, would have had it take place in some sort of populated area. Um, I would have made sure that there were original songs and a great band and possibly tap dancing. Uh, it's a pretty big deal, right? But surprisingly, I am not God, and this is not what happened. Uh, and it can leave us wondering, why them? Why the shepherds? And I think when we take a look at the wider context of what's happening, it, it might start to make a little bit more sense. Throughout the Bible, both in the Old and New Testament, God uh, compares himself to shepherds over and over again. In the 23rd Psalm, we read, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. So in the 23rd Psalm, he is our good shepherd, uh, the one who cares for us and helps us find peace and comfort. In Isaiah 40:11, it says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Isn't that kind of a nice picture? God is compared to a shepherd caring for those little, uh, little lost lambs. Uh, in Micah, and then uh, Matthew repeats it again, we're reminded that God has, pr uh, has promised the one who will shepherd his people. Uh, it says, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means among the uh, least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then throughout Jesus' ministry, this theme of shepherds uh, and sheep continues. He tells parables about shepherds. Uh, in John 10, he refers to himself as the good shepherd. Uh, I'm the good shepherd. He lays, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So all of this can kind of lead us to understand that perhaps... God had a very high view of these shepherds. He values how he cares for the sheep, the way uh, they protect their sheep and care for them and keep them from danger and predators. They feed them and stay with them and do their best to keep them happy and healthy. God values the way these shepherds took on the daily task of caring for sheep, uh, for helping them come into the world, for ensuring they had enough to eat and to drink, to make sure they were comfortable, if you're a parent, some of this might be starting to sound a little bit familiar, taking care of them, guiding them away from harm, helping them find places where they can flourish, knowing them well enough uh, to anticipate their needs, worrying about things that might harm them. If you've ever woken up in the middle of the night worrying that somebody might be cold somewhere in your house, uh, 
you might be able to identify with the shepherds a little bit. My mother-in-law is a wonderful hostess. Uh, she's a little notorious for uh, worrying about people's comfort while they're sleeping, making sure they're the right temperature while they're sleeping. Uh, she just kind of goes from room to room around the house, just placing quilts on people and taking them off and moving fans and space heaters. So if you ever stay with her, um, you'll be very comfortable. You may be offered a quilt in the middle of the night. Um, it's, <laughs> it's pretty fun. And this is what the shepherds did. Uh, they worried throughout the night about the sheep. Uh, they made sure they were safe and cared for. And the way God paints himself throughout scripture is as a shepherd. Uh, it kind of shows us uh, the significance of this, uh, this shepherding uh, kind of task. What they do is godly. What they do is meaningful and important and shows us what God is like. The shepherd's work gives us a window into God's character. At the same time, these particular shepherds caring for these particular sheep outside of Bethlehem is, um, there's kind of an interesting thing about this. Around the time of Jesus' birth, uh, sheep were useful for their wool and for their milk. And because of this, they were a little bit too expensive to eat, um, just like for a meal. Sheep were saved for special occasions, uh, particularly for Passover. <clears throat> this is similar to our relationship with Turkey. I don't know if you knew you had a relationship with Turkey, uh, but uh, we don't generally roast an entire turkey for like a Tuesday night dinner. Uh, we don't hand our kids like a roast turkey leg as a snack, generally speaking. Um, but uh, Turkeys, whole turkeys are kind of reserved for a special occasion when everybody is together around a table, uh, and they've come to be linked with that special meal, right? Similarly, sheep were set aside um, for special feasts or for sacrifice. And in the way for, uh, for us, turkeys have kind of come to symbolize thankfulness and thanksgiving. Uh, sheep really symbolized forgiveness uh, for the Hebrew people. Uh, in the Mishnah, uh, which was a book that contained um, kind of the written accounts of oral tradition and law, uh, it called for the fields around Bethlehem, particularly the field uh, called Migdal Eder, uh, or Tower of the Flock, to be set aside for sacrifice. So the, the sheep that were there were set aside and special. So, um, kind of following from that, it was entirely possible that the, the particular shepherds uh, who heard this announcement on that night weren't simply shepherds, uh, but were she they were priestly shepherds uh, who were charged with caring for these special lambs uh, that would be set aside for sacrifices. It is possible that these sheep who heard this song, uh, the night of Jesus' birth, um, their fate would be to uh, be used as sacrifices to atone uh, for the sins of the people, to remind people of their brokenness uh, and their lack, and to serve as a way uh, to attempt to make things right. They symbolized a covering for their sin uh, and the act of forgiveness. And these sheep, them being sacrificed, uh, were the means by which people could attain that forgiveness. Uh, to overcome the stain of sin on their lives and gain access to God. They were a tool that the people used uh, to ask God for forgiveness. 
These sheep effectively closed the gap caused by sin that kept the people from God being able to fully engage uh, in relationship with God. So these sheep were pretty meaningful. So the angels declaring to these shepherds, caring for these particular sheep, uh, that the Messiah had come was very significant. In Luke 2, uh, verses 10 and 11, it says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, the Messiah, the Lord. These shepherds were keenly aware of our need for a Savior, for the Messiah. They were intimately connected uh, to sheep that regularly served as a reminder of our need for a sacrifice, for us to atone, for for a way to make uh, our brokenness right, for a way uh, to be made for people to have access to God. And the angels were declaring to them that the way had come, uh, packaged in human form, and was waiting for them to come and see. The angels were declaring to the shepherds that their services would effectively no longer be needed, that the one who would nullify the need for the keeping of accounts, uh, for sacrificing animals and grains, uh, was here. The one who would take this whole sacrificial system uh, that, the Israel, that the Hebrew people were living by uh, and turn it on its head, uh, he had come. The one who would take the place of the Passover lamb for everyone had come to earth. And then, when you consider this, the extravagance of the announcement uh, that the angels gave with their light show and their music, uh, it makes a little bit more sense, doesn't it? The chorus the angels sang to them was, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angels were praising God, reminding the shepherds of his glory. And not only that he is glorious in the highest heaven, but even more significantly to these shepherds, the glory of God had come to earth. God didn't require for us to work and strive and try to ascend to his level, which is not possible. He, in all of his glory, sent his son to descend and meet with us, to take, to take on flesh, to arrive to a very human couple, to be visited by very human shepherds, and to bring an end to the striving and working and trying for good. He brought his peace to rest here on earth. The angels made this decision, not uh, declaration, not, not to people who had power or money or influence. The angels made this declaration to uh, people whose work was serving and caring and protecting. Their work was providing that means to cover the myriad of ways humans are broken and in need. Perhaps this Christmas, you're feeling like things might be a little bit broken. Like the work you do maybe goes unseen. Maybe you feel like there's something in your life that's keeping you uh, from fully accessing, engaging uh, in a relationship with God. Maybe you feel like nothing you do is going to be enough to make things right. Or maybe you feel like your value is found in the way you perform, that you need to be successful enough uh, to prove to God that you're good enough, 
Maybe even that you're striving to uh, read your Bible and pray for hours and hours on end uh, and do all the things that a good Christian is supposed to do. Maybe then you'll feel good enough to fully access uh, God. And today, there's an invitation. There's a baby wrapped in clothes who has come to put an end to the striving and scorekeeping. His name is Jesus, that's right. He has come to put all of that to rest, to bring peace to each one of us. He's inviting us to come and see, to participate in his peace, to come and sit with him. He has come to take on the things that are broken, to set things right. He has come to offer us rest and relationship with no strings attached. So my challenge to you today, hopefully you can find some quiet time over the next few days. I know right now that feels very unattainable. But my challenge is is to try to find some time to accept that invitation over the next few days, to go and sit at Jesus' side, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's uh, sitting down next to your tree with a glass of eggnog. Maybe that makes you want to gag. Uh, But find a quiet uh, time in the house. Maybe it's early in the morning or maybe it's in the evening after everybody else has gone to bed. Uh, But sit with Jesus. quietly beside him and accept that invitation and allow him to bring peace to those areas in your life that just feel a little unpeaceful. The invitation for us today is as real in this room as it was for the shepherds all those many years ago. Come and sit. Find the rest and the peace that's available to you. So come and sit. In just a moment, uh, we're uh, going to receive our Christmas offering, but I want to take just a second um, to sit as quietly as we can. I know we have lots of little friends uh, with us this morning, but uh, let's just take a moment together and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that you came uh, and made this announcement to shepherds in the fields Uh, who were caring for sheep that would one day uh, symbolize forgiveness. That you would come and remind uh, us that you came to take all that away. That you came to offer forgiveness for all of us. That we no longer have to work or strive or uh, offer things up uh, as sacrifices, but that we can come and sit with you and find peace and rest and relationship with you. We thank you for uh, your presence with us and your availability to us in this season, Lord. We love you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you.